Hey guys, welcome back to the Grad Life Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Lidl, uh, one of Ireland's largest and definitely most prestigious graduate employers. We've got with us today from Lidl, Ivana McGrath, who was also in my course in commerce in, we left in 2014 in mm-hmm. UCD. Um, so really cool to have you on. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Not at all. Um, so we're going to run through a couple of things, really kind of straightforward, <laughs> actually. Basically, your journey to date, mm-hmm. just the kind of standard grad life thing. Uh, but then you're in a really unique position to advise people on getting jobs in general, I guess, grad mm-hmm. roles, what it's like on the other side, given mm-hmm. that you are a recruitment business partner. And basically, uh, do you manage uh, grad recruitment in there? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so really good person to, to advise on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also talk a little bit about what it's like to work in Lidl as well, because from hearing from you and uh, from a couple of your colleagues as well, it's pretty incredible. Great. Perfect. Well, I might start at the very beginning. I, I suppose, graduated from commerce and... I, I did something a bit out there. I went off to India for about three and a half months. Um, something that I was kind of torn about the, at the time was maybe potentially doing primary school teaching. So I wanted to teach over there and kind of experience that. I remember at the time, a lot of my friends were kind of going to Thailand and different places like that. And to be honest, it just had no appeal to me at the time. I wanted to go somewhere a bit different and get out of my comfort zone. So I went kind of by myself with um, SUIS, which is a charity organization. Um, and I taught EVS. English and maths. So EVS is kind of like SPHE. So we kind of focus on different things like what water to drink and all these different things. Because right. I was teaching quite a young age. So it was five to seven year olds. And these are really, really small schools um, in the middle of slums. And like I remember the school I was teaching in, it actually was still being built while we were teaching classes. So the kids would go like skidding along and running along. But like, you know, there's there was a complete drop and you're teaching five to seven year olds and they could fall there and then to their death. But they'd know where, where exactly crazy. to stop. It's just crazy the difference in, when it comes to health and safety in different countries yeah. and obviously in poverty-stricken areas. But um, I absolutely loved it. I mean, it was a huge shock to the system in every way. Yeah. The culture, the heat. I remember getting off the plane and just, it was like a furnace. It, it was smells as well, doesn't it? It smells, when you the everything. Yeah, yeah. It was over 50 degrees, um, which in itself was just... I remember land and actually I remember panicking when I got off the plane. I was like, how on earth am I going to do this? Like just the heat alone. But yeah, everything else, it just, it kind of attacks all the senses, like the noise. So in India, people beep to let you know if they're to the right, to the left, in front, behind you. So the roads are just beep, beep, beep constantly. Um, We, you'd be in a tuk-tuk and there'd be like, I mean, a lot of, um, I suppose places across Asia would be, it'd be quite similar, but India's, by a hundred like you know it has a seventh of the world's um population so that in itself it's just absolutely crazy yeah. and you'd be in a tuk-tuk and be going down with the road and there'd be a huge amount of traffic and there'd be five rows of cars and so the driver would just turn around and go the opposite direction like zigzagging across the That's cars insane. on the motorway with <laughs> traffic yeah, it's just I've mental elephants crazy. cars everywhere but i absolutely i absolutely loved it because it was so different that you kind of just have to laugh when you're in those situations. Like you're, you are, there is times when you're like, you're almost, you're so frustrated or tired or you're absolutely exhausted or um, constantly um, perspiring, but you're just like, you have to laugh because it's yeah. actually funny. Like, you it's know, a, how much you have adventure. to adapt. Yeah. Can so, anyone do that with us? Yeah. Um, they're actually, I think it's a charity that kind of works closely with Trinity. So there right, was a okay. lot of um, kind of graduates from Trinity at the time that went with them but anyone can do it and there's other found- there's Hope Foundation as well that goes to India as well right. so there's a few different charities um, but I think doing things like that that are outside your comfort zone it, it's even without and it wasn't because 
it would aid me my CV or do anything. It was I, at the time I was genuinely interested in primary school teaching and I wanted to experience this. But doing things like that do stand to you because you show that you're kind of you can adapt to those kind of situations. You can actually utilize that without even realizing it in a CV yeah. or on your application form because yeah. um, employers do look for things like that. It's not just all about the academics. So. Um, then I, I suppose I came back from India and I was like, okay, teaching, definitely love it. Have the patience, really enjoyed it. Right. So what I'm going to do is I remember I got a job as an accounts assistant, which I did not like. I'm not going to be completely well, hang honest. On. Why did, if you wanted to be teaching, why did you I do did that? Irish at night? I knew I needed to get into a right. master's. So obviously my undergrad was in commerce. So I was like, okay, I need to do a master's in order to become a primary school teacher. Yeah. But in order to get into the master's, you need to do an interview in English and an interview in Irish. So I had done uh, um, honours Irish for Leaving Cert, but I needed to um, get fluent for my interview right. to get into the master's. So I started working full time and then doing an Irish course at night. And then I did um, one day a week um, work experience in a primary school teacher in a primary school. Um, and then um, I started working then in HR as a HR admin in a software company. Um, again full time but still doing the Irish um, and at the same time I was like I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket I'm going to still apply for these grad programs just to get the experience of even interviewing never yeah. thinking I'd actually get one um, and I remember I think I applied for Lidl, Glambia and Kerry Group um, I didn't apply for any of the big four because accounting was just I was hopeless at it but it was just something I wasn't interested in either um, so I remember it was those three grad programs and then the primary school masters so those were the things I applied for and then kind of kept getting through the rounds with Lidl um, and also got offered, I got, I did the interview and I got offered to do, to do the master's. So I got accepted to do a master's in uh, primary school. So at the same time that I got offered the Lidl graduate program. Yeah. So I was like, that must oh, have been really big tough decision then. to make. Yeah. Um, and I suppose at the time, as much as I did enjoy the teaching, I was a big risk. I'd, I had completed business as my undergraduate degree. And also another thing is, I might have taught in India, but these were in very, very poor schools where I remember they were teaching by repetition. Right. So like the kids would be like repeating after the teacher, cat, rat, mat, but you mm. point to a picture of a cat and they'd be like helicopter. So like they weren't actually learning anything. Right. Like you had to kind of teach them phonics and stuff. Whereas I knew obviously primary school teaching in Ireland, it's a whole different yeah. game ball where you're constant working on training plan, teaching plans and different things like that. So like um, I was like, I'm not... 100% sure my experience in India is going to is going to be tangible in the sense that I could actually do start this master's and not like it mm. um, if just I think anyone would like the teaching in a in a kind of underdeveloped country because it is the most rewarding thing um, so um, and it was a bit of a risk and I was like it's also something I could always come back to like I could come back to primary school teaching in my late 30s early 40s um, so I decided to go with the grad program and it definitely was the best decision. I mean, I think they say millennials now stay in a job for no more than two years on average. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. So <laughs> I was like, you know, the options are endless. You're going to have so many different careers and so many different career paths. It's something you can always do or come back to. And you see that happening all the time, particularly, you know, you remember in commerce, you saw so many mature students that mm. were much older and had com completely changed their career path and gone back and done business and they had had they had done something completely different so I'm so happy with my decision so I started then 
on the graduate program and then I suppose I'm here now so I can go through all that but I don't want to keep rambling on like so like you went you started on the graduate program yeah by doing that you kind of get not you didn't give up the dream but you really postponed the dream but I don't even yeah I'm not sure if it was even a dream I think when you come out of college I think the main if I could look back and give myself a piece of advice and for any students that are kind of in their whether it's first second or third year the fear of not having a plan yeah is overwhelming i remember i came back from india half my friends were working whether it was doing um in the big four and i remember even in final year a lot of them were applying for milk grants and then them being like why aren't you applying what's the story do you have you done any applications for anything and i was like no and which was i was worrying me but i was like but i genuinely don't want like i don't want to apply for these places yeah yeah so i was like i'm not gonna just do it because everyone else is doing it and but I really did panic when I came back um, about not having a plan and seeing all my friends doing it. And you know, you come back, you've had structure all your life. You've been in school, you've been in um, secondary school, you've been in college. You've been told every day what you, where you should be and what you should be doing. And to come back from a country and be like, I'm sitting at home. I'm, I don't know, I don't know what I want to do. Um, and like, you know, I did eventually, I remember I did eventually find a job, but don't I would look back and say don't worry about not having a plan a bad plan is worse than having no plan at all so Mm. just focus on what suits you best um and um I suppose everything happens for a reason and focus on what makes you happy because at the end of the day when you're lying on your deathbed you're not going to be thinking oh I I did this this and I um, went up the career ladder in this you're going to be thinking was I genuinely happy um so like and where who did I meet and what did I do and did I do everything that I wanted to do in life so Mm. that's my main piece of advice is like don't try not to worry um, about what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Um, there, there's something I kind of say on that as well, which is plan for the medium term. Mm. If you plan, some people kind of weigh themselves down with the pressure of planning for the long term. Yeah. And they might look at accounting and say, well, I don't want to be an accounting partner when I'm 50. Mm. And so I'm not going to do the end, the, the uh, graduate program or the exams or anything. But then they might say, all I want to do right now is go traveling. And that mightn't be the best thing for their kind of future or prospects either. So that rules out short-term planning. Mm. So if you're not going to plan for the long-term because mm. you have no idea what you lo- want in the really long run. Yeah. And if you pl- you're not going to plan for the short-term because that can kind of be, well, I guess, obviously short-sighted. Yeah. If you plan for the medium-term, where do I want to be in like five years' time? Mm-hmm. I have a good idea of what I'll actually like and enjoy then and be good at then. And mm. I have a clear idea of how I'm able to get there. Yeah. That, I think, helps people a lot. Yeah. And I think ev- so many people are different as well. Like some people are like, what's your dream? Yeah. And I'm like, like I just I maybe I'm a bit cynical and some people have a five or ten year plan I'm very much I believe for me what works best is short-term achievable goals yeah and like that's how I operate but like again everyone's different and just find what motivates you in terms of whether it's work and structure your day so you're being as efficient as possible on a day-to-day basis yeah then that keeps you motivated as well yeah same thing um I I couldn't agree with that more to be honest yeah so you went into little then what was the first yeah little little i always say little little yeah what was the first role in there so i was a graduate trainee so i was on the graduate program in the hr stream so there's actually 13 streams that you can apply for i remember i applied for marketing as well but i got in on hr i which makes social sense because i was working as a hr admin at the time right in a software company Uh, so um and I was in the role from September to November. So the graduate program is 18 months. Um, <coughs> and the graduates now all start in store. At the time when I joined the program, um, I started in head office and the other two HR graduates started in store at the time. But um, I actually applied for an internal opportunity. 
um, and luckily got it that November. Um, so I started working in recruitment and employer brand as a, cons- a recruitment and employer brand consultant. So I was actually only on the program for two months. Um, at the time, there was the entire launch of our new employer brand. So this was Lidl Int, is what we call is basically our international headquarters in Germany. Right. And they were rolling out the employer brand across all European countries. At the time, we hadn't moved into the US. Um, and we basically went over to Germany to, I suppose, get... They, it was launched there and we needed to figure out, okay, how are we going to bring this back? How are we going to um, still work within the... Um, the framework that Int have launched, but also localize it too, because we still want to be aligned across all legal European countries. Um, and that's what I did. So it was a lot of um, photo shoots and video shoots and getting all the marketing material. So anytime you see like kind of recruitment ads or anything um, for Lidl, it's all in that employer brand, that blue and yellow um, action shots of people. Um, and to be honest, it's as a graduate, you just, you've got, you've got to, it's, you've got to work hard. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Um, and I remember like I would be I would pack the iron and ironing board and clips um just to I'd actually clip back shirts on people to no make way. sure that they were increased in the photos and like overnight photo shoots we was the only time we could obviously do it was overnight because there'd be customers in stores and one of our shoots was I think um throughout the night and then the next morning we had we organized drones and um, to get that shot with the um sunrise behind the store down in um Clonmel we've done it in Gory as well with the oh we my have God. we go to the stores where we have the new store concept you might notice some of the stores look quite different yeah. depending on the store you're in so our new um so we went to those kind of things so it was it was really exciting time to be honest um and I got to experience both the employer brand and then also recruitment within head office as yeah. well so I really enjoyed that role um and then on from there I suppose I I started working as the graduate program manager for that was my next role for a year and a bit but back within yeah. that employer brand yeah. thing you wanted marketing you got hr yeah you got hr you got marketing within hr because that's marketing stuff that's so true yeah yeah so i didn't know that that kind of existed so yeah there's, there's a, a lot consumer of consumer brand and an employer brand yeah, yeah. exactly so yeah. you've got a lot of people out there like obviously marketing jobs are super competitive mm. if you don't get one that's a good alternative. I mean, marketing is basically broader mm-hmm. than, than mm-hmm. we kind of think on yeah. the surface. Yeah, I mean, multinationals, see the thing, all right, smaller firms, the general structure is there's a HR admin, HR generalist, and a manager. In multinationals, you'll have the employer brand, learning development, employee engagement, employee relations, payroll. Yeah. So there's so many areas of HR. There's so many areas of marketing. You'll have advertising, digital, and then we also have a communication stream. So this is really cool stream as well. So we have um, CSR now, department in itself. We have um, PR and we have social media, which is really cool as well. You might, yeah. um, if you don't already, I would recommend following our Twitter and different things like that because um, these are these are really fun streams to be involved in, particularly if you have an interest in those areas as well. You're you're good in desi- um, on a Mac, you're good at design. Um, all really really beneficial to your application as well yeah. so those three streams um really suit us um some people like some people will love it and some people won't and uh, you know you can't suit everyone but that's why i suppose we have 13 streams that we hire mm. into so um that's the great thing as our graduate program is quite diverse so it suits um everyone really there's a department for everyone yeah yeah it's pretty incredible yeah. though. there's m- more layers there than than meet the eye yeah so you went in then to recruitment manager grad recruitment manager Gra- grad, grad so no so then after the employer brand role yeah i i was the graduate program manager graduate program manager. Yeah. yeah okay so that's from that's 
literally from the attraction piece to um, when the graduates literally finish the program. So it's everything in between. So that would be um, designing our marketing campaign. So we would have um, every year when the grad program opens, it's normally kind of the beginning of September, we'd advertise across Lewis, Rails, Spotify, Snap. These are things actually that we introduced this year. I wanted to kind of, and new millennials would be like, would be interested in kind of um, Spotify, Snapchat, Instagram, mm. advertising, those kind of platforms. And we actually shot a graduate video last year, which is so great in a sense that it gives an insight to anyone who doesn't know anything about the program to kind of watch this video and get an overview as to what the current grads are doing, but yeah. also like all the different streams as well. And then this is video can be used and we can kind of break it down into 30 seconds or kind of clips of it for all these platforms like Snapchat, Spotify, and Instagram. Mm. So it's not just audio. Um, we do radio, we do print ads. So this year we had a lot of interviews with internal employees that have worked their way up. Like one of them was Stephen Harper who started on the graduate program in finance and accounting in 2014 and now is head of sales. Head of, yeah, I wanted so to ask you about that yeah, guy. So yeah, that's another person. Or um, there's a number of grads. There's one, Emer O'Sullivan, who started in 2014 and now she's head of... Um, She's sorry. So she's social media manager in Lidl US. So we've our branches in um, Washington DC now. So um, yeah. So like the marketing campaign, I suppose, was the first element of attraction. We do things. I'd organize like obviously we've attended sixteen career fairs this year. We've had the, the Grad Ireland stand. We had actually three or four stands at the Grad Ireland right. career fair this year. Um, and then we have our recruitment process, which I'll actually go through in more detail yeah. because it's quite interesting. We've changed it up this year. Yeah, it'll be um, interesting to hear about that. Yeah, um, and then um, they would start on the program and I'd make sure that when I was in this role, I made sure that each of them got a training plan. So I'd liaise with their heads of departments and then with our regions. So we have around 200 stores across Ireland and then four warehouses. And it's really important that our graduates spend time in stores and warehouses. Um, and, you know, again, our graduate program is for people who like to work in a fast pace, who like to take on responsibility and ownership. And it's, I understand it's not for everyone. Um, but if you like the sound of that, then you're going to, suit our business yeah. so and that is the way we operate like our slogan for the grad program is high performers and um, high standards high achievers so we don't shy away from it and um, there's you know people talk about the legal salary and that we pay well but we also um expect you to take on ownership and responsibility yeah. it's kind of um, like working like it's not at all nature of the work wise it's not at all like working in an investment bank mm. but it's sort of of that ilk like okay. you, you don't go in to mess around you just go in and it's really intense the standards are really high there's a lot of pressure you get really well rewarded for it mm. and you kind of like it's almost like you double the careers the, the years in your career so yeah. having three years in the bank or three years in little or little would be sort of like five years somewhere else because it's just such intense long work yeah and um, you know actually our motto is work um well, I don't know if it's our motto, but we kind of drive home work smarter, not harder. Yeah. So it's all about efficiency. Yeah, so the like German efficiency. Yeah. So like I like I I had a meeting the other day that was ten minutes, but we got through all my points, and it's like how like to how do you structure yourself best? So our standard hours are eight to six, and then eight to four on Friday. So um, how do you structure yourself to get all your work done, but also not work crazy hours? Yeah, because sure. it is work. Um, we do work hard, but we also um don't we don't we wouldn't want people working um over their con too much over their contract hours or anything like that and to have fun while doing it you yeah. know but i suppose i kind of got a bit off track there i was telling i think i was talking about the graduates kind of training plans and going into stores and what how important that is so we normally pick a store that the graduates um 
live closest to or it's quite accessible for them and they'd spend some time in stores in every position. So they get to see it from, they'll spend time as a customer assistant, a deputy store manager, store manager, and then an area manager where you're responsible for about four right. or five stores, which is the area manager role is actually a lot of people kind of confuse that with the graduate program. And um, that's the, um, that's the, basically it's a role where you're managing four or five stores. Um, and yeah, it would have, if you got um, an area manager role or an SOM role in, um, it would it would be a very different salary, um. But it's also a very different job. You know, you're not based in head office. You're in charge of a um, um, multi million euro business where you're managing four yeah. or five stores. Your turnover and KPIs, and it, it's very different. So graduates do get to experience that with one of our um, SOMs at the moment, and then they get to actually take a bit of ownership there as part of their grad program. Jeez, and that's cool. Yeah, I and think then I met a graduate I know doing that recently, Mark Rayhill. I met yes, him at in um, yeah in i can't even remember which yeah he's was. he's one of our current grads on the program yeah, yeah in right, the sales yeah. stream so the sales obviously the with 13 streams as i mentioned the sales stream would um focus particularly uh, would spend a, their training plans are different to every every other streams training mm. plans in the sense that every other stream there's about three months three to four months in store operations obviously with the sales grads it's the majority of their training plan is yeah. in operations because that's that's what their stream is so um yeah his would be quite different um and but then he's he's like a driven guy so he that he that speaks to the type of person you mm. get in like this guy is very kind of willing to work and wants to do really well yeah in his career and exactly it is a it's a fast pace and there is a lot of responsibility and you know you get to see you spend some time in the warehouse as well and get to understand that and then we have regional supporting offices mm. as well so um you would spend time there but all the t training plans are actually tailored per graduate so like the HR graduate, for example, will spend times will spend time in the regional supporting offices, but only the supporting offices that make the most sense for her stream yeah, or sure. his stream. Um, and then they would come back into head office with, but they would have been working on a project for an area manager and presented back to the board. The graduates just finished their, or they're in the middle of their 12 month presentations to, so that's to their relevant board director um, and their relevant head of department. So um, it's, I suppose they, they do get so much support on the program because, you know, it's all well and good to take on ownership and responsibility, but you do need to get the training if you're fresh out of college. Oh, yeah, for you sure. You know, so they have a graduate mentor throughout the program that's kind of like a buddy, and then they have a director mentor that's more so helpful in terms of actually coaching them and guiding them in terms of their development. So right. if they had, they can go to the graduate with any silly question, and then their director with yeah. here, you're, you're, you're my director mentor. I have this project for my SOM that I need to present or I have a, uh, my 12 month can you have a look at this and see if I'm going down the right track yeah um, and then there's we have um, experience exchanges where all the graduates we come together and we they um, kind of talk about we might it, well we talk about the kind of the pace that they're at on the program so you know if it's coming up to their graduate fundraiser so this year they, they do Lidl's Got Talent in Club 92 right and um, yeah it's great there's people um, that kind of take part from the stores and head office and kind of advertised across the country um, and it's a great night out but we'll talk about where they're at with that in terms of the logistics of the event um, where like they they divided up teams this year so they had some a team looking after communications the venue the you know the kind of um, the acts so um, we catch up on that if it's kind of coming up to that or if they're in store training like things that they're finding difficult and it's nice because sometimes you can feel a bit isolated when you're in store training because you're not based in head office you're not seeing any of the other graduates because you're in your store so it's a great way for them to come back together and be like 
um, this is happening with my roster um, and I don't know what to do and then someone else could pipe up one of the other grads and be like oh well I did this this and this so they can kind of support themselves that way Mm. and then we also have sometimes like business experts in head office so like for example um, the head of org so what came in the other day and kind of gave them I suppose key tips and advice because she's a guru when it comes to project management so um, we organize for someone to come in at, and for the various different um, experience exchanges and then right before their um, area manager training we had an, an SOM that's been with the company uh, for I think I think it's five to ten years it, may, it might be ten years um, to talk about tips and advice b- before Christmas uh, if you're going in to be an area oh manager yeah, yeah. in store it's obviously Jeez, the yeah, busiest yeah. time yeah. so um, they would do a lot of that they would um, kind of work and rotate around their different departments so they get exposure to all That's the different really areas because you might not be sure I don't like you know obviously don't like say you go into the HR stream you're not definitely going to go into employee engagement you don't know well, if you look at that guy Stephen um, he did he started off in finance did you say and then three years later he's head of sales mm, yeah so, so he actually big. was an area manager for a while before right, he got okay. on that role yeah so. I, was, I was gonna ask so like yeah. you've shot up now to a uh, business partner and he's head of sales you're both in there three years or four years how does that happen how does little allow for that to happen or make it happen um i suppose like it wouldn't just it wouldn't just be me like everyone a lot of like the I mean, even the grads that are in my group at the moment, they're all doing extremely well. Like, there's um, one is an, an engagement manager in head office. Then um, there's another one that's head of stock accounting. So, like, there, I suppose the the ownership is on you, and like, Lidl allow for that. It's quite a, it's not a small company, but there is a there is just over three hundred people in our head office, yeah. and um, I sp- you're not just a number. Like every grad program we wouldn't take on more than 20 really um, right. it's normally 15 to 20 and um it's a very structured program like we actually have a roadmap and there's something going on whether it's a presentation for the board or if it's mm. um another project that you're working on there's always something going on there's always someone checking in and making sure that you're getting that support but you're also um getting the responsibility and the uh, um, opportunity to get up and present we have a learning development department that train everyone it's fantastic they do things like strong conversation training i, I did negotiations i've done you've res- definitely done a lot of public speaking as well resilience. because you were really nervous public speaking in college, i was yeah that's something incredible. i should talk about i was so bad i remember i froze one time when i was in class with yeah. you you might remember that yeah. like i was i hated it um and i remember being like very um envious of yourself and I think Tom and, Tom and all those, uh, anyone that was in Clongos apparently all knew, <laughs> th- all knew how to present. Um, I think, um, I wish I did things like debating or something like that in college and in school or other, but I was terrified in college. And you know what? Like even when I go back and do engagement activities where it's like I go back to DCU or a college and um, if I'm presenting and I ask the class, does anyone have any questions? No one does. No one yeah. puts up their hand because people are too nervous which to ask a question and I'm, uh, one of my points recently was I was like at a recruitment day for any firm or an assessment center if you put up your hand and ask that question who do you think the assessors are going to remember the person that sat there or the person that put up their hand yeah. so you might as well do it now rather than and like I wish I if I, I wish I did all that but I suppose you can't be too tough on yourself like I mean I was obviously very nervous and yeah. like um, you can only develop like no one's born a good public speaker you 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 get better and better and i know it comes more naturally to some people that's 100 percent true but you do get better and better by practicing you like no one is just like gifted with it i i think anyway so the more you practice the better you're going to be and one of my things that i think is like 
the fear of not doing it kind of outweighs the fear of doing it if you know what I mean if that makes any sense like you're going to have to public speak at some point in your life you're going to have to present you might as well start now because um if someone you could you could be like you could go through work or and someone else will be like don't worry I'll cover you today I'll present it if you want to just do the content or whatever but you you don't want to keep relying on someone you want to be able to keep hiding your weakness yeah it's like just conquer it like everyone no one's judging people are sitting there being like look fair play that person's speaking in front of a couple of hundred people geez i couldn't do that that's what people are thinking they're not mm. they're not thinking the worst but you're imagining that they are i yeah. think um and my tips for that would be all you can do is practice get com- comfortable with your content and um, once you're comfortable with your content and you practice it it's probably still going to be a bit stiff and then you need to figure out how am i going to make this a bit of a story rather storytelling as opposed to presentation slides and you can only really story tell once you're competent with your content because otherwise it's going to come across as spoof Mm. so um when you're doing a powerpoint in your notes section which is on every slide have your key points just literally key bullet points go through that um as a whole and then figure out how am i going to make this a story so it might be um asking a question to the audience or has anyone heard of this or um and this person did X, Y, and Z. And then just trying to make it a bit more interesting um, if you can get a laugh out of people as well. Yeah. But you can only do that once you're comfortable and um, with the content as well. So that's my first tip. It's like get comfortable with that and then figure out how to tell it in more of a story. Yeah. Well, was there one particular public speaking that made that c- was a kind of corner for you that you turned and then all of a sudden you were like, were you really scared of it? Then you did it. And then the next thing you know, you were relatively comfortable with. Good speaking. Yeah. Um. Let me think. I think I was just. I think it was just kind of like in Lidl. It's kind of like, you. There's no. There's no getting away with it. Like it's integrated into the grad program. Really. Yeah. You have a six, twelve, and eighteen month presentation, or you have a project to present in front of your, um, in front of the board at a, at a, at a, at a number of times, and there will be tough questions thrown at you. So, and part of my role, I suppose as the grad program manager is doing a lot of these kind of things where you like even at the, I presented at the Aviva assessment center where there's a couple of hundred students all our heads of departments area managers across Ireland and um, some board members I remember some international board members had flown into Ireland that day Mad. and so like th- that volume of numbers if you can do s- an event like that with microphones and then you like I remember I was organizing that assessment center too so I had a headpiece and a walkie-talkie and I had to take that off and then get the microphone and present for about 45 minutes then put the walkie-talkie back on and get the grads to come up and do a Q&A and then c- get the grads off and then organize all the candidates right. to go up to the assessment center boxes so it's like if you can do s- something big like that any others aren't going to be that scary to yeah. be honest yeah um but all you can do is practice, practice, practice. And even if you feel like a bit of an idiot, um, you're not. Practice in front of your family. Um, because it, like, you won't need to keep doing that. You won't need to keep practicing so much. But you will for your first five to ten presentations. You will need to practice that mm. much. And then and then it'll all come a bit naturally. You'll, you'll get used to it. And it's less terrifying than yeah. it was initially. It's a good, like, you're a good lesson for people. Like, you were so scared of it in college. Now you're so good at it. You're better at it than you probably ever expected yourself to be. Mm. And that was just you go through this process. And obviously, Lidl helps you to do that. Yeah. Um, Like, we actually have presentation skills training. Yeah. Where then I remember my, uh, the the L&D trainer at the time um, (laughs) gave me a topic. Oh, my God. It was, it was basically, I had to present on, I had 10 minutes to prepare. And it was like a general speech in Iraq that he made to his troops. 
and I had to make a presentation on that in 10 minutes right. in front like this they pick the hardest topics yeah, yeah. and video you doing it so you can watch all your mistakes oh afterwards um, and I remember just being like how on earth am I going to present about a general speech in Iraq like fair enough you know a topic that's something that you're used to in work but this is obviously so out of my comfort yeah. zone um, so I just decided to integrate it into the company values so ours is respect res responsibility trust recognition and how he respects the rest of his troops how um, he recognised that we're that kind of like to integrate into something like that and then try and present it back but things like the, he gives you such hard topics that um, anything that you're working on um, on a digital basis is so much easier than that yeah like, yeah but like that, yeah we do all the graduates do presentation That's skills really cool. training um because we don't expect you to have to to present in front of the board after never receiving training on it yeah, so yeah. you know yeah yeah it, it was it yeah i just can't get over the speed at which people kind of uh move up the ranks there like it's brilliant so you're a business partner now what recruitment what? business partner recruitment business partner. so what, what what's happening at the moment it's an employee-led market at the moment we're kind of back in a full um ah, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. we're back in a f um What's it called? Talent war. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly the term. So um, we uh, had a bit of a restructure in our department. So I'm initially I was the graduate program manager for about over a year. My colleague Diana on my team was the employer brand manager. And we had um, the head of recruitment and then a recruitment manager as well. And then a HR um, administrator. Um, but with the way, the way the market is now, we're all working, most of the team are working as recruitment business partners. So we're all kind of responsible for different regions um, right. and then departments in head office. Um, and so mine would be kind of the South region, Charleville, and then um, a number of departments in head office. But I'm also still responsible for the attraction, recruitment and hiring of graduates as right, well. Okay. So it's kind of a... Yeah. balancing act at the moment um, and what's just the because of an urgent here? business need B because you've kind of gotten so far so early like wh where does one go from from that sort of point oh Janie no boosting the ego there um, I suppose um, just keep I don't know I suppose keep doing what you love um, The I'd love to get experience in all areas of HR um, I mean I've worked fo I've focused on a lot of recruitment and employer brand which is fantastic and I've I've loved managing the program because I kind of got a glimpse of all areas without even realizing yeah. it because I'd work on the L training plans which is L&D and I'd work on kind of um the employer relations employee engagement piece when the great place to work survey results came out and I discussed it with the grads and kind of oh went yeah. through that so um, that was great because you're seeing a program manager role. You get to see all the different areas. HR. So I probably would want to get exposure in the, the other areas like um, coaching, mentorship, employee engagement, employee relations is another interest of mine, that kind of area. Mm. Um, I also actually, when I was working in Lidl, did my CIPD qualifications in NCI. So I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. Chartered Institute Professional Development, is it? Pardon? Yeah. So, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Um, Basically, I did that on a Wednesday night and every second Saturday um, because it's basically the, uh, the HR qualifications. So it's yeah. the exams that are kind of required across the board. So um, that made me really kind of get an insight. OK, yeah, I do want to see all the other. I, I, knew, I knew I did anyway, but I want to get an all rounded view of all the other areas of HR, yeah, okay. you know. Yeah. So I think it's really important. And then, um, yeah, so hopefully. Yeah, no, I see. I see everyone in uh, in HR seems to have the uh, sock CIPD yeah. thing on their, on their LinkedIn. So yeah. I looked it up. Yeah. Um, okay. So in terms of getting a job, then and, okay. and kind of what pe what are these guys going to do and and uh, what what do they need to do yeah. to get a job in somewhere like Lidl or or Lidl or somewhere like Lidl, mm -hmm. or Lidl, just any of the kind of prestigious grad employees out there. 
what is it that you guys are looking for? Because you're the exact person kind of making the yeah. call on these things. So 100%. there couldn't be anyone better to ask. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I would say a... Look, I'm going to be honest. A lot of grad programs do require a 2-1 degree. Um, and so... And I know it isn't all academic focus, but you have to understand that we have over 2,800 applications sometimes to our program. So, And it's across the board. So it, we do need a few different kind of almost knockout questions to yeah. you know t- we need we need to have some kind of framework and so what's the two one about just because it shows you're able to commit to something to some degree to some degree yeah a level eight two one exactly that you do work hard and that you know there is that side but it's, again it's not all about that and i really don't want to stress that but i do also have to be clear that it is a knockout question so from the other point of view like from the other side um, we use this thing called an applicant tracking system. So if you don't have a 2-1 and the question asks, do you have a 2-1 degree or equivalent, equivalent and you sit, tick no, you're automatically, your application is going to be automatically failed. So no one actually is going to review your application. with. And I know that sounds quite harsh, mm. but I also don't want anyone to waste their time. And there is an option to say in progress because a lot of people are in final year applying. Yeah. So you can say my 2-1 is in progress. Um, so like that would be one of our key ones. Um, to work towards a full license, you should really have a full license. Um, we want we a full lot driver's of... driver's license, that is. Yeah, yeah. like... Um, to be on, we have a lot of um, the roles in Lidl would require you to be on the road. And um, we have four regions: Charleville, Nuts Corner, Mullingar, Newbridge, and we have store operations, warehouse operations, um, and yeah, we expect people to have a full license before they start. So, but also bear in mind when you're applying for grad programs, it's like September in your final year, or maybe you're not in your final year. You're applying afterwards. That's absolutely no problem either. But you won't be starting until the following September. So yeah. there's so much time to get it. There's really no excuse. Like yeah. I, I, I'd didn't have mine and I, I remember getting it that year as well just f- like Lidl kind of motivated me to get it because I right. knew it was a requirement um, so that would be um, one of the knockout questions as well so um, two one and a full driver's license um, and obviously the we don't sponsor work permits so they're the three key ones that you would need to the three big knockouts three big okay. knockouts okay so then I suppose when you're applying to different programs you want to make sure that your CV um, uh is in the right format um one of the things that would definitely well get you knocked out of any applicant any application i'm pretty sure any employer if you have mistakes on your cv because it just shows lack of attention to detail um carelessness and we do this thing in Lidl called four i for certain things so if i'm sending out an important email to all the heads departments i'll have someone review it yeah and it's not like you it's not a case where you, you can obviously trust your own work and you know it's good content but you might miss a, a like a comma or something um some grammar error um and all that is actually really important because if someone sees a mistake why would they consider you when they see sure. a perfect cv and when and they have thousands of applications you want to structure it in a way that your kind of your name your mobile number your email and maybe a linkedin profile are like your key details at the top and then you'll have a personal profile and i would say please do not say I have good communication skills and I'm a, I'm a great, um, I can adapt to difficult situations. Like we have that, we see that line in every, make it a bit different, stand out a little bit, um, to maybe tailor it a little to the company that you're applying for. Um, and then you would want to start with your kind of, um, work, your education, but also your work experience, um, and have it like in chronicle chronological order as well. Um, um keep it two latest at the top. Yeah, yeah, keep it two pages max. Please don't do anything like fancy with color um c- colored paper or like binders and 
cover letters just keep it keep it straightforward yeah ariel tanner 11 um two pages references on request um what do you think about cover letters so actually while we're talking about all this a lot of it like yeah i kind of say a lot of it's kind of bollocks because people all write the same stuff that they expect people to want to hear so you get 99 yeah applications they all say exactly what you're saying there i'm a really good communicator Mm. i'm very adaptive or whatever just because they just know that it sounds good and they Mm. just write it so there's no way of actually proving any of that yeah it's easy to just write so true but so most companies also have an application form Right. So then they'll ask questions like, why do you want to work for Lidl? Why did you pick your chosen department? Um, what have you noticed in your chosen stream in the current industry that has kind of hit home with you? So yeah. they will ask questions. And I like a lot of people kind of almost recite our careers website. So they'll go onto the first blurb and be like, Lidl started in 2000 in the Republic and this in Northern Ireland, mm. you know. And we're like, we're not interested. We're pe- interested in people that are like, well, I thought you handled Stormophilia great. And the little fortunes time x y and z like if you're going for social media pick pick topics that are really current yeah, look at yeah. our look at our twitter and show an interest whether it's with any company uh, like the csr initiatives that are going on we have autism nights in our stores and um, where we kind of dim the lights and do certain things on a i think it's tuesday nights there's certain things that are going on all throughout the company and it's right. all advertised on our twitter as well so make your application stand out but also tailor it to your stream yeah so if you are going for social media do p- pick a piece like how we handled the um, the rebuild of our Fortune Town store mm. or the Storm MO or Ophelia or different things like that where all our stores closed across Ireland. So it is crisis management. So make sure that your application stands out in that way yeah. um, and that you know, you're pulling at all your kind of life experiences as examples, not just college. You know, you might have worked part time in a as in a bar, but that shows that you can multitask because you're working, you're studying for your finals while working on the weekends, mm. and um, time management is of the essence there. Yeah. So we want people that are kind of all rounders, and um, sure. in that sense, how but do you filter through some of the repeated? Well, stuff this that year we've say. completely changed up our recruitment process. So the last few years we've always had online application cv then um each hiring manager so each head of department would decide for their stream who's going through to our assessment center which normally took place in february and then there would be one final round interview and then they would start the program the following september right. so it would be um application assessment center and then interview slash presentation for each stream so those are their three rounds this year um i decided i wanted to have a bit of a change so we what I've done is basically it's a mobile enabled application form where you just kind of put in your key details. So less, um, I don't want to say long winded, but I think when you're in, you might remember the struggle when you're in final year and trying to apply for all these programs. And there's a lot of similar questions like, why do you want to work for this company? What are your leaving sort results? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's, it's a long, it's a long application form while you're also studying for your finals. Yeah, it's, it's, a like nightmare. it's, yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare to be honest. Yeah. So I was like, okay, keep it simple what do I really really need to know from candidates we need to know their key details phone number we need to be able to contact these guys we need to know have th- their college course and where they studied we need to know okay have they worked part-time but I only want to know your job title and the date you worked there and where you worked I don't right. need to know but I was able to you know look at the um, manage the cash management at the till yeah, and yeah. I, I don't need to we can talk about that in the interview I just right. need to know your job title date this so it's all can be done on a mobile there yeah. and then and it's also kind of tangible for us to see applications flowing in as well at so different fairs this is what birch grad recruitment do you, is you it? get the app and you just do you fill in all oh. that data and then just a one you just apply once for all the jobs that's exactly the like it makes total sense yeah. and like that's the way i think the world's going now with everything as well like 
Um, so, um, and you don't want to repeat yourself as well across the board. With yeah, things, it's you a know nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that, that's what we were kind of looking at yeah. is the fact that you have, you might apply for 10 companies, an hour each. That's 10 hours of applying, mostly saying the same stuff. Yeah. It's just kind of exhausting. It's and then for you guys, for the recruiters, you get lower quality applications because yeah. it could be the ninth to the 10th one that they've done. You know? Yeah. So this obviously um, went down well with our heads of departments as well, because when we're pre presenting the new recruitment process, it's less workload for them too. They yeah. don't have to go into our applicant tracking system, open one CV, get out of it, open the application yeah. form, next candidate. When you have like, particularly the bigger streams, marketing, HR and accounting would be the three biggest streams and they'd have like 300 candidates to review. So yeah. like, um, that's the thing. So then you'd apply on your phone, very simple. You get a link to this thing, which I think is really cool. It's called Chat Assess. So what it is, it's basically like WhatsApp. So you're gonna get a WhatsApp from one of our store managers or one of our um, warehouse supervisors and be like, hey Mark, um, this person's called in sick and we have to get the stock to X, Y, and Z. Um, do you think we should do X, Y, or Z? Z? Um, what, what are your thoughts on it? And you pick A. Um, and then the next question, okay, cool, thanks for that. Actually, one of my colleagues in the stores was saying that this has happened and we just um, it's a big uh, crisis, whatever, don't know what to do. Do you think we should do this or whatever? So basically, it's all these different scenarios in our store, warehouses and head office that you could face um, while on the grad program. Yeah. And because like, as I mentioned earlier, you're going to be working as a store manager, as an area manager, as customers. So like, and in the warehouse, so there's times, particularly as store manager, where you're taking on a lot of responsibility. Um, and these are kind of, these questions actually I designed with our current graduates and this um, Qt, which are um, a company that worked with us on it. And what we did, I was like, we asked certain questions to our graduates and they answered it, what they would do and what they would do best. Then I would have asked some of our heads of departments to do the same, so just to make sure our answers are all aligned. Yeah. And then that's, the way we figure out if this person's going to be a cultural fit. So it's all about longevity as well within the company, um, just to ensure that there there won't be turnover issues or that they, th th it's for the graduate's sake as yeah, well, that they course, suit yeah, the business, them, yeah. th that they suit the business and they're gonna be able to enjoy that responsibility and that fast pace. So, and it's quite a, it's quite a cool test as well. It's very much like, it's very user friendly for the candidate because they're basically just answering WhatsApp questions mm. um, and kind of going into them that way. So um, we kind of decided that's the best way to go about this. And then we also did a quick numerical and verbal test. But again, it's information about a particular retailer. It's all on the mobile too. Um, and it's quite speedy in the way you can do it. Right. So from that, they would then, we would then, we're either, we're, we're still in the process of kind of reviewing it, but we're looking at potentially um, that one last round so it could be could be could be anything it could be a negotiation it could be a role play it could be an interview um so um there won't be this big assessment center this yeah, year right. so it's a very different recruitment process little pretty uh technologically advanced there yeah pretty cool. yeah so um particularly particularly excited for this chat assess yeah yeah, nice. yeah. okay wrapping up then a couple of quick fire rounds the one you're dreading first the book I'm going to be completely honest. Like I was think I was just saying like I could say something like lean in or something along those lines, but I think it's going to be have to be my favorite book was Harry Potter. Which one? The final one. Obviously. The final one. The seventh. Yeah. I frankly didn't even know there were seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awful. I think honestly, um, you're either a fan or you're not, but it's definitely something that you can kind of always, it's nice. It's a nice almost escape 
Yeah, Does it yeah. get me? It's a it's a world that you can kind of go back, always come back to. It's yeah. kind of like a comfort book almost because yeah. it's, it reminds you. It really reminds me of my childhood. Like every, I remember every summer the book came out, and every November, which is my birthday, the movie came out, right. and it was it was the best. Yeah, it was yeah. the bomb. So I'm, I love Harry Potter. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know you want me to say do. something like Lean In and stuff, but no, I'm going to no. be completely honest. Whatever. Um, I'm a big Harry Potter fan as well. A quote to live by. A quote to live by is I. I think anything, any quote around failure, because I think, I think Michael Jordan has one about like, I missed 9,000 hoops or this or yeah, that, yeah. but like, you just have to not, I think uh, everyone has a fear of failure. And particularly if you're on a grad program, you're going to get like things like a lot of constructive feedback um, and different things like that. And it can really bring you down. Mm. Like you can, it feels like the end of the world on that day. Um and I also like be kind because you don't know what other people, what battles other people are fighting. Like, yeah. I think everyone, you can get wrapped up in your own um, self and your own kind of problems. And people are, without realizing it, can be quite selfish. Yeah, I'm for sure. guilty of it too. Um, and it's important to just take a step back and look at the bigger picture and not get so bogged down because at the end of the day, like, if something, if you get, if something upsetting happens at work, you get bad feedback, you're told you should have done X, Y, and Z, and you did this. It feels like it feels the worst thing ever, and it feels like the end of the world on that day. But like you have to think, okay, realistically, is this going to matter in six yeah. months? No. And I- they probably have a valid point. Honestly, you learn. You probably learn the most from the toughest managers. Yeah. Without even if you were miserable, even if you were unhappy, you will get the most out of that because I can vouch for that. For yeah, sure. your polar opposite. You're going to learn so much from because of very different working styles. And um, but you'll build on all your weaknesses in yeah. that way. So. Um, it's exhausting, but it is but in hindsight oh, very beneficial. In hindsight, it's so beneficial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a person, two questions. Person in your life that has inspired you, and Aww. the second one is a person outside your life. Okay, um, probably my mom in my life, and um, just because she's my best friend and makes me see, um, how things are, um. I suppose she's my voice of reason at times if I'm right. worried or stressed about something. That's so very cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then outside of, outside, who would be my person? Um, anyone that kind of hit rock bottom had to come back, I suppose. Maybe someone like Steve Jobs. If you've ever watched, I'd recommend anyone to watch any of the Harvard commencement speeches. They're amazing. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, so anyone that's hit rock bottom and made something amazing. <laughs> I remember, I think in his speech, he talked about um, leaving Apple then, but then creating something like Pixar. toy story and pixar and stuff like that so it's absolutely um, unbelievable yeah. so anyone that can build themselves up from that yeah, that, yeah. That, that, and that's an incredible speech that's maybe one of the most famous modern speeches of all time mm. and then the other thing is the movie with michael fassbender i love uh, not everyone loves it but i love it i love yeah. the intensity of it yeah so um, good that's really cool um something you wish you did in college okay it kind of goes back to my earlier point worry less um about not having a plan or not knowing what's going to happen in the next two years because i think everyone like you you think you should do what everyone else is doing and like whether it's the milk rounds or whatever and everyone has bumpy journeys it goes off to other countries it comes back and you realize when you're 20 25 26 looking back you're like why on earth was i stressed about that like why on earth was that on my mind the whole time um so i probably say worry less i kind of wish i also maybe traveled a bit more like i I went to India in my final year and I, I did a J1 in second or third year college, but I wish I did something the other two summers. I did something a bit out yeah. there at the time. Um, so probably that, but I really do think to everyone just to, to worry less um, about 
um having a really structured plan sure. um and just um if i could give a point of advice just don't put all your eggs in one basket and um just go for things uh, get applications in go for things and and try your best throughout the recruitment process just be yourself but understand that you know a lot of a lot of these things are competency based so you want to showcase that and you can almost pick up what competencies they're looking for from job descriptions mm. so um make sure like you can do things at assessment centers like keeping an eye on the time or listening to others and not overpowering so just work on that because competencies are going to come up in assessment centers competency-based interviews it's throughout the process so um that what would be my recommendation centers? they're mm. weird what happens what do you look for because like you can't have someone who just sits in the corner no but then you can't have the loud mouth who won't shut up either yeah exactly so, so it's a person who balances both isn't it is that the whole thing then yeah, yeah. someone who kind of snipers their comments few of them but all of them are powerful and make sense and they're just yeah nice so you concise. want you want like i said earlier like you want the person that asks the really interesting question when there's a presentation or a q a going on in the morning um so have questions ready before you go whether you're whatever graduate program you're you're applying to have something interesting to input mm. um in the actual tasks that you're doing um yeah like it's about balancing like you want to kind of listen to others but you also don't want to be a shrinking violet but you have to don't talk for the sake of talking say something when you have something valuable to say yeah. um and yeah i i would before any anything print out a competency wheel because i can guarantee you that's the competency they're looking for um so that would be kind of under um, pers personal, social competency, business competency, and kind of think of different ways you could showcase that. Like, it's very easy to do that. Yeah, um, okay. So just go prepared. Okay. Uh, something you wish you did early career? Linked, I guess. Hmm? That's pretty similar to yeah. the last one. Um, Spent more time in India. <laughs> what would I have done in my early career? Maybe, yeah, maybe, again, maybe a bit of tr more travel. Um, yeah, you seem to have done it pretty well. Like yeah i don't think I, I i don't know if i, I don't know if you should look back and be like oh i wish i did this or i wish i did that i think everything like there's a there's a reason you've done certain things and it's led you to where you're at now yeah. so um I, I don't um regret anything i've done um but there's definitely so much more that i want to do as yeah, well sure you know well, what an attitude and life lesson learned to date oh okay let me think business it. isn't personal so that's my life lesson because it can feel very personal um, and yeah. when you're given um, when you're told you should have done something some way or you're given constructive feedback you have to literally you have to almost look at it objectively rather than how the comment made you feel mm. so take a deep breath walk into a room and think of tangible solutions and results out of it rather than th thinking about how it actually made you feel yeah look at it rationally and objectively almost with the logical side of your brain rather than the feelings yeah, of your brain sure, whereas yeah. i work all about feelings like my that's just who i am yeah. like i'm very much like that and i have to train myself out of that and yeah. not rely on your personality you have to train yourself to work on your weaknesses in that sense sure yeah yeah that's a good one okie doke thank you very much thank you very, very much for having me thank we've you. never done a handshake before <laughs> there you go thanks um that's it Thank you very much, guys, for listening. That's all you, pretty much all you need to know about uh, trying to get a job in Lidl. Where can people go and look? Yep, so it's on jobs.lidl.ie and our closing date is Halloween. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you.